for 10 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. In our 10 o'clock hour, our On the House hour, where we spend the entire month on a specific topic on your house, home, castle, or cabin. The month of March has all been universal design, and we're finishing that up with Donna Taylor, COO of Lifestream Complete Senior Living. Welcome to the broadcast. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thanks for spending Saturday morning with our Arizona listeners. If you... Uh, are in a situation where maybe you need assisted living or you've got family that's nearing that area or if you're 25, 50 years away from it, <laughs> start thinking about it now because it's expensive if it's not done right and if it sneaks up on you. Uh, I know friends uh, that his mom's in a place, $10,000 a month. Goodness. Uh, well, it doesn't always have to cost $10,000 no. a month. <laughs> but for her health care needs, uh, this facility is, it, you know, it, it was. It, that, uh, that, that, could, man, that, that could destroy your budget pretty quick. Eat it up. And yeah. retirement savings <laughs> and you know, talk about changing lifestyle quickly if you didn't have a huge uh, surplus of, of savings. Well, absolutely. Assisted living can be expensive. And if your care needs increase, then it can get more expensive. There certainly are ways to um, mitigate some of that expense. And some of that just goes into good planning, having a good plan and having that good plan sooner, as you said, sooner rather than later. And that's the point of this broadcast is to start the planning, start or at least to get you thinking about it. And one of the things that you can consider is what uh, something one of the newer services y'all offer is the short-term rehab. Yeah, so we're at Livestream. We are really excited about this new concept that we have come up with. And I can't say that we necessarily came up with it. We've got some really um, great people out in the United, across the United States, who are doing this concept in care. Um, it's called Short Term Rehab Home at Livestream. And what we have done is we have taken a home. And we have converted it to, it's a 7,000 square foot home with 10 private bedroom suites to provide a place for people who need some short-term rehab following an illness, an injury, an accident, something bad happens that causes somebody to need to have that short-term rehab support. They are not able to go to their own home. We said, how about the next best thing? Let's still do it in a home so that rather than having to go from a hospital to another facility, they're going from a hospital to our short-term rehab home where they're going to do therapy seven days a week. They're going to, um, or they have access to therapy seven days a week, but instead of pretending to do the things that are important to um, to their their recovery from whatever this thing was that happened to them, they're actually doing those things in a home environment. And where is that facility located? Is that the Youngtown location? Uh, it is at our live stream at Youngtown location. Yes, at 115th Avenue in Peoria. And I should have asked you this beforehand, but I was talking to Scott earlier about how Youngtown got its name. Are you familiar with that story? I am not. Okay, we'll have to go back. Uh, I won't misquote anything, but it's uh, very ironic that Youngtown is actually a retirement community. <laughs> so it's actually the opposite of what the name I is. 
I actually think it was founded as a retirement community, but it is now a multi-age community, but it sits right adjacent to Sun City. So I did not know that story, but it would not surprise me because it was a retirement community. But our live stream at Youngtown community is, it is our actually our largest community in the live stream family, does sit right there in the heart of Youngtown. Now, these are 10 private suites. Yes. For the temporary short-term rehab? Absolutely. So when we think about short-term rehab, um, it is that thing that happens when you need physical therapy or occupational therapy, speech therapy, sometimes respiratory therapy. And many times that has to happen in a facility. Sometimes you can go home after a hospital event and you can bring home health in to support that. But a lot of times, depending on how significant the event was, especially seniors might need a little extra time in some place that has that full spectrum of health care. And so they go to a short-term rehab facility. And instead of it being a facility, Livestream said, let's do this in a home. So when instead of going to a pretend or a practice kitchen to figure out cooking meals and those kinds of things. We actually have a full kitchen. It's a beautiful kitchen. It's one I'd love to have in my own home. Um, Go into that kitchen and prepare your meal and do it with a therapist standing right beside you, helping you think about ways that you can do that better. Our entire goal at our short-term rehab home is to get you back on your feet so that you can go to wherever the place is that you call home. I got the privilege of touring the rehab center with you a couple weeks ago. Becky and I came out just to kind of look around, and it is a very homey feel. You walk into this great big living room area with the kitchen, and people are sitting around together visiting, and, you know, it it functions like a home. And having, you know, this isn't only about the elderly. I know a lot of people may tune out thinking, well, this doesn't apply to me, but with Rosie's accident, he went from different kinds of care, and where he ended up was an acute rehab, which is like kind of like this where... But he was in a hospital bed, you know, a a bedroom, and then had to go all the way down the hall, and they had a few mock-ups, you know, what it would look like to to stand in a kitchen. They had him fix eggs one morning, you know. But here, you're actually as if you're living life. So the whole experience is rehab, not just like he would have it scheduled for maybe one hour in the morning and then another hour in the afternoon. But here you can actually kind of live the rehab. This is what it's going to feel like. You can walk outside. There's um, different changes in um, elevation and different changes in texture. So if you're having to walk outside, you get to practice at the rehab place that you guys have at Livestream Rehab. Or you get to just stand up in the kitchen and, and feel what it would look, feel like to have to reach over and get something out of the refrigerator and get it together and put it on the stove. So it's much more realistic in its approach. And one important thing that our therapy team has been doing is they're going to the home of our short-term rehab guests. They actually go to the place that they call home to take a look around their home and first to make some suggestions for what they can do at their home to help them to be successful as they make that transition, but to also understand what they're going to be doing. So, for example, if their bedroom happens to be upstairs, well, that can be a, a big challenge when you're getting ready to go home after having hip surgery. So they make sure that the stairs becomes a part of the therapy, practicing going up and down stairs so that when they do go home, they have a better chance of being safe and being able to ambulate up those stairs. They also make suggestions like 
you could move the furniture around. And so let's talk about, do you get into your bed on the left side or on the right side? So let's move the room around a little bit to make sure that we practice that skill in our short-term rehab home so that when you go home, you've already practiced the side of the bed that you typically get in or out. And I'm really proud of our therapy team for what they've developed as they go into the home. They do the assessment, again, with the same goal as we share the goal that our guest has. We want to go home, and we want you to go home. And funding for this? We... We actually took one of our existing assisted living buildings. It was a home, a 7,000-square-foot home with 10 rooms, and converted it to to be licensed as a short-term rehab home. And we, uh, it was not an inexpensive venture. And so we were really thrilled to have the Virginia Piper Charitable Trust and the BHHS Legacy Foundation both come alongside us to provide a significant amount of funding. Plus we had a private donor who also contributed. And it was nice to have good partners in that. They contributed up almost $650,000 combined to help us do this renovation. So it is, um, it was able to be licensed, but it's also just beautiful and healing and comfortable. And that was our goal. And y'all are a nonprofit. We are. We are a nonprofit faith-based organization. Livestream's been in the Valley for 40 years, um, providing care and community to seniors. And our goal is to help their lives be enriched, to bring meaningful life in real home. We are nonprofit, faith-based. And a new method to your recovery is this Gintronics? <laughs> oh, Gintronics. That's fun to talk about. Gintronics is um, a technology partner that we have in our rehab home. And it has, for lack of a better description, gamified therapy. And so it uses an Xbox. I'm not an expert at Xbox, but that's what their foundation or their platform is. And it senses your movements. And what it does is it makes... Therapy, I'll call it a game. Therapy is hard work. It is not fun. If you're hurting, it's not a ton of fun. But if instead of doing leg lifts, for example, you with that band around there that's hard and painful, you were doing it while you were kicking a soccer ball on this game platform. We we now know that it tells our mind we're doing something different and we don't focus as much on the hard work or the pain. Instead, we're focusing on kicking that ball through the goal. And that's what Gentronics does. It's also great because it gives us a whole lot of data that is good for us in the business, of course, but it's also good for the person who's recovering to see I came in at this functional level and I've moved in five days, I've moved to a different functional level. We can give them that data and that data is motivating to keep working at it, to keep um, to keep doing those games, if you will, to um, get better. And I know this is a case-by-case situation, but you have 10 suites that you can do this short-term rehab. You know, everyone's road to rehab and, and recovery and being able to move home is different. But what's the average time that somebody would spend in that facility? We've had guests that are there as short as three days, and they can be up upwards of 21 days is kind of a typical rehab stay. So I, 20, I was expecting a longer in some applications, but that's pretty good to, uh, between three days and three weeks get you home. Does well, some of that depend on insurance coverage as well, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, insurance plays a, a big part in that. Mm-hmm. It's it's typically, for our guests, it's typically a Medicare stay. And whatever their Medicare plan is, if they have a Medicare Advantage or if they have straight Medicare or supplemental, all of those things play into that. And certainly the insurance does play a part. But we also recognize that the very best place for somebody to get better is their own home. So we we want to help them get better as fast as possible to get them home. No place like home. Don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows. So we've got Adam Homer in. Your fiberglass product, in my opinion, it's the right window for Arizona. Explain that a little bit. Pella's got a patented process. Uh, they pull trude fiberglass through this die. Uh, it's a matted material. So unlike a like the back of a shower enclosure, you know how it's random strands and yes, you know, it's yes. all pokey. Right, right. That's not what our windows look like. Uh, it looks like almost like a window screen mesh when it comes through and, and ready to uh, to put into the frame. And once it's all heat sealed and and made rigid, it goes through a powder coating process. So you can get a really nice looking window that's very strong, very durable. What matters is how you treat your doors and windows. They are the weakest link. Take the time to think through the right door and window. Fellas, two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson. Find them at rosieonthehouse.com under Certified Partners. Joined in studio with Donna Taylor of Life Strength Complete Senior Living. What are considerations that need to be and scenarios for senior living? A lot of things to think about that we don't think about and we wouldn't think about till we got there. What what can you help us start thinking about in our planning stage ahead of time? Well, I think so often what we hear when when I'm having conversations with folks is that, and more often than not, I'm talking with the adult children of perhaps an aging parent, but sometimes the the senior themselves. And the very first thing that a lot of times they say is, well, we, we want to just stay in our home. We want to go ahead and stay in this house where we're living right now. And I get that. I completely understand that desire to be in that whatever that place is that you call home. But there's a lot that we have to think about when it comes to this idea of aging in place. I know that all of you that here on Rosie on the House, there has actually been, I think, well, almost a whole month of conversation around mm-hmm. this concept of aging in place. But one of the interesting dynamics that I've seen and have encountered recently with several of my friends who have aging parents is this dynamic that happens between spouses that are aging in place. And particularly if one spouse becomes sicker or um, declines faster than the other spouse, and now spouse not only is spouse, but also has become caregiver. And what that looks like in if we're planning to stay home, this idea of aging in place. It's exhausting, and I don't know how an elderly spouse does that. I mean, it's very, very taxing and very hard on their health, and often it ends up costing them the most because they lose their health trying to take care of the other one. I recently just read a study. Actually, it was last night. I came across a study that said um, in a situation where one 
where a spouse has Alzheimer's disease and then the other spouse is the caregiver or actually any caregiver, um, in about a third of the cases, they see the caregiver pass away before the person with Alzheimer's disease and they attribute a whole lot of that to just the stress of being a caregiver. No rest, no sleep. Much it pushes you beyond your abilities. And you're talking about all the doctor's visits and all that, all that has to go on to care for someone who's ill. Well, I think about in just my own home, and it's just my husband and I that live in my home now. And I think about the jobs that he does and the jobs that I do. You know, it's the simple things of taking out the trash and doing the dishes and shopping for and preparing the meals and paying the bills and all of that. And if you think about that when somebody starts to decline, that all of that gets then put over onto the other person, all of those things that make the household run. Plus, now we're talking about care. Thinking about just the stress of that has to go into the consideration of what does that look like, this idea of, well, we're going to stay home for as long as we possibly can. What does that do to the other spouse, to the well spouse? And I, um, I have a friend who just walked through this with her aging parents, and she was, they were in exactly that situation. Mom was caregiver, and dad was the was the one whose health was declining and they really had decided we're going to stay living in our home but what was happening they were seeing that their mom who was healthy and still pretty active that she was becoming isolated and that isolation was leading to depression and that depression was leading to things like pain and not sleeping well and then you couple that with now having to do all those household tasks and they were watching their mother become the exhausted one so they made the the I, I think they would now say good decision to move into a senior community, not one of our live stream communities. They chose one that was close to the home of my friend so that she could lend support. And all of a sudden, within just a couple of weeks, dad, who is a sick one, is now going downstairs and engaging in activities and going to dining and all of those things. And it's allowed mom to get back into those things that she loved doing, playing games with friends and going to Bible studies. And so this idea of moving to a senior community was not their favorite idea. But once they did it, they said, great decision. One thing you talk about is not making it all one big conversation. So try not to wait till things are in such a critical point, but just to kind of be planting the seed. They may not be ready for it when you're talking about it and to avoid saying, we're going to put parent, my parents in a home. I'm going to put them there. You know, you, you start the conversation so that it becomes something that they, they think about and then they decide because you, you can't make them go somewhere, but certainly you can offer them options to say, hey, you know, this could be better for you. Look, at, look what you could have if you would let someone else help by being assisted living. Well, we always want, um, I, I believe our parents deserve our respect mm-hmm. um, all the way through end of life. And that if we are the adult children lending support to that, that we do make sure that we understand and that in our heart and mind, we recognize that they have control, that it's their choice, that we respect what they want to have happen. And to the very best of our abilities that we do that, there certainly are limitations to that. But our, our goal as adult children should be respect, dignity, choice, and control for our parents. If you'd like to jump on the line or join the conversation or have a question, one 767 4348 That's one 
Rosie for you. Text 411923 and info at We're Talking uh, senior living, life stream complete senior living with Donna Taylor, the COO of the nonprofit faith-based program right here in Young, Arizona. So there are two different uh, towns. Young is a town very remote in the mountains, east of Peyton. Youngtown, south of Sun City is what I meant to say. Sorry, Scott. Youngtown, Arizona's home of Lifestream Complete Senior Living was designed as a senior living community and named Youngtown. Uh, Tongue-in-cheek. Yes. <laughs> Well, we didn't name it Youngtown, so we just have our community in the town of Youngtown. We, I can't take any credit for that. Considerations of complete senior living. One of the things on our talking points was living with kids. You'd mentioned that many times a caregiver uh, will pass before the person they're caring for from the amount of stress. Mom, don't get Alzheimer's is what I took out of that. <laughs> don't kill me prematurely. I got lots to do here yeah. still. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, sometimes we do hear that as an option that people mention is that, well, what if I just move mom or dad in with me and I'm going to, I've got a room in my house or I'm going to do a renovation and I'm going to make a space for my mom to come live with me. Um, and we would say for some people that probably works beautifully. And, but the question is what, what is the lifestyle that the kids have that they need to maintain? In many cases, what we're seeing is because we're all working longer in the workforce that many of us are going to still be working when our parents age to that place where they might think about coming and living with us. And then asking the question, what does that look like? I'm working full time. I have kids at home. I, or I have kids off at college. And what happens if then mom starts to decline and she will emotionally as well because if you guys are all out doing your activities she's left home alone and then she's also removed from all of her friends in the places she's familiar with so it 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 doesn't always it's not quite as romantic as it can sound I don't I don't think it is and I do sometimes hear this idea that well it's it's cheaper than living in assisted living and um, I think, Romy, you talked about your friend and, and the expense of that assisted living. But you have to start considering what is it really, what's the actual cost to that? And um, if mom isn't able to stay home alone or doesn't want to stay home alone, now what does that look like? Are we having to bring in people to do supportive care or um, do transportation? And then it starts that that financial question starts to change a little bit if it's really not just oh well she's just going to live in a room in our house and then at the heart of it and I will continue to say at the heart of it is is that really what mom wants and is that really what's best for mom or dad I do love your heart for the elderly Donna it's just it just shines through you want them to have um, what's important to them and, and really enhance that quality of life. Let's do talk, though, a little bit about expense. So, you know, we do hear these stories of 10000 a month, and um, it can, I guess it could be that much if it's intensely medical or if it's a really high-end community. But there are other options. Can you kind of talk us through what that would look like? Uh, well, l- 
at Livestream, we have independent living is sort of, I guess what I would say, the starting point in that we have apartment style, we have patio homes, we actually have what would be single family homes sitting in a community, the community of Youngtown. <laughs> and they that's a good starting point for when people come into want to move into a senior community. They don't need assisted living yet. They just want to bring in those other services like meals and housekeeping support, maintenance-free living, and that's a start at independent living. Okay, so when you move into one of those, you're pretty close to the center, the um, live stream itself, and you can take advantage of the meals. Then do y'all, And I think you guys take care of all the landscaping and stuff too. So is that what you're saying? So you're, you're just moving in, but everything is being cared for. Right. Right. But it's your home. Right. It's your home and you can partake in the activities or not. You can take in a meal or not because you have a kitchen in your apartment or your home. And so, but it is close to the activity of the community. And all three of the, the four of our communities have independent living here in the valley. The next one you might talk about is assisted living. This is when there needs to be some additional supports now, and it makes more sense to be living in a place that now has more of a healthcare support model, and you have caregivers to come alongside to help with those things. And But again, assisted living is a broad range of services, that, and it also has a broad range of cost associated with it. One thing um, you mentioned earlier was um, in our conversation was the fact that a lot of people assume that that end of life will be paid for maybe by insurance. And it's quite a surprise to find out, hey, that's just personal dollars I had to come up with. Absolutely. Seniors, um, most often over the age of 65, are going to be covered by Medicare. And of course, there's other insurance programs that can come alongside Medicare. But Medicare itself does not pay for it does not pay for assisted living. It does not pay for long-term care in a in even a higher level of care. Uh, Medicare is for that short-term incident. And so insurance of that nature does not pay for a living situation. If there if you have long-term care insurance, then that can pay for assisted living or long-term what we call long-term custodial care in a in a healthcare center. But that's long-term care insurance, and that's a product that you would have to buy that is not bundled in with your Medicare. And it, and it's not everybody has that. That's not just an assumed that you would have that. So not everybody even knows to do that, to have the long-term care. I would say more often than not, I meet people. I don't see that as being a majority of people at all who have a long-term care policy. So what would be your advice to people then in kind of anticipating but how we're going to pay for mom and dad? Well, understanding finances, and that's where the conversation gets kind of hard, I think, is to, I always say it's a little bit hard to get in your mom and dad's business when they were the ones who raised you. And um, seniors have, uh, they're private oftentimes about their their finances, and they don't really want other people in their business, and they may not want their kids in their business, but at some point, somebody trusted needs to have some understanding of what those finances are. And um, if it's the adult child that's coming alongside the senior, then um, it would be important for that conversation to happen, again, in a respectful and dignified way, not implying that mom or dad can't manage their own finances, but making sure that those conversations don't have to happen 
when a bad thing has happened. We can do it when we're all sitting down and having a cup of coffee and having a good conversation about what's next. What does next look like if you're starting to see those signs of aging and have some concerns? I like your statement about decide before someone has to decide for you. You know, to, to have your plan in place, to really think it through, be open-minded. I think it's a lot of responsibility goes on us as we age. You know, what's realistic and how much burden am I going to be on my kids? You know, am I going to have this thought out and a plan in place? Or am I just going to let it happen and maybe something bad will happen and, you know, then, then it just whatever happens, happens. Well, and I think that, that realistic also goes to understanding that uh, not all of us have put away the right uh, put away enough money to be able to live in the place that's ten thousand dollars a month and and while that might be my desire or my desire might be to live with my children or to renovate my home or those kinds of things it's a question of is there resource available to do that if the resource isn't there then then what are we going to do and to be realistic and um, honest about what we can and cannot accomplish Lots to think about, for sure. Why don't you talk a few minutes about, um, so let's say that mom and dad aren't, don't quite have to, to um, leave home yet, and they, and they want to stay at home. And you, you talk about the fact that y'all will come in and do an assessment. Is that just after they've had been at the rehab place, or can you make an assessment for just anybody? Uh, well, we were specifically talking about it after a short-term rehab mm-hmm. stay that they can come and do a home assessment. And there are a lot of companies that can come in and do a home assessment and take a look. And that is not that's not actually okay. in Livestream's wheelhouse, but okay. there is certainly a resource that we could connect people to. Uh, we certainly have good partners out there who can go and do such a thing. So. To, to determine what kinds of services might need might be appropriate to allow mom and dad to continue to age in this place for a little while longer. I'm just thinking about um, how in, inviting your, you are, how willing you are to share your information. I'm, I'm thinking people are wondering, how do I get this kind of information? So you know, you're talking about um, you know, how, how would someone get educated? How would they find someone to trust to help them walk through these things? Well, the first place I would send somebody is perhaps to our Livestream website, livestreamliving.com. And in a little bit, we're also going to be talking about our seniorlivingchecklist.com that also has a tremendous amount of resources to help somebody get started because our heart and my heart is to help people on this journey. Yeah, I read something in just getting ready for our talk just about, you know, as sad as it is, People often, older people often get taken advantage of, well, by everybody, it seems like, but by their own children, you know, so to have someone you could really trust to help you through and and decide what do I have, what do I do with it, what is my plan going to be, what are my options, it is, it is, there are so many options, it's really hard to, to focus down on it, and you don't know what the end looks like for you, you know, you don't know what your last years look like, so just to have the plan A, maybe a plan B, plan C, and I... I oftentimes am in conversation with people who want to have this sort of long range plan and I want to figure out what the next five years or the next 10 years or the next 20 years looks like. And the reality is once that aging process starts, we really are needing to make and aging happens of course over time but when you're at that point of that decision point is make your very best decision with the information that you have 
today because we none of us have a crystal ball and we don't know what that aging process is going to look like for my mom or my dad or for ourselves. And so you need to be focused on let's make the very best decisions we can today with an eye toward the future. But what does today look like and how can we make a wise decision that honors and respects the the wishes and desires of our mom or dad or as the seniors you're making a decision that honors what you want in your very best decision for today that kind of ties in with it's not just one conversation because if you're going to do that if you're going to base it on today that probably needs to be done every six months just kind of update it hey what's it look like now has anything changed what would you do different you know if this happened today if something I have a good friend who has been doing that with his mom and dad, I would say over the probably last two or three years. And they literally have just sort of been walking slowly through this process. And they have been doing exactly that. How are we looking right now? How are we looking today? And bringing in services to continue to make the very best today that they can. Um, But they've now finally reached that point where they've said, it's no longer sustainable here in our home and now it's time for us to consider going to a senior living community and so now they're trying to again do that in a slow and metered way that's respectful of what his mom and dad want well they're lucky to have him because you know even though there's a lot of resources now that haven't been there in the past like they were working on an uber drive i don't know where they're at in that process or just different things that would be very helpful oftentimes they don't know how to use it. They don't even know how to use the internet or the phone or, you know, the, the iPhones or whatever. So that, you know, you can kind of show your folks and, and do it for them. Here's the things that are available. Um, we had the situation where we were, we were calling and getting in a ride for um, our folks because they didn't know how to do that, but, but we knew it was available and we were all spread out across town. We're an hour apart. So to be able to, for us, even as this generation, to be able to draw on those things that are available, we can do that for them. Well, there's tremendous value in technology. There's tremendous value in the services that are coming. And I I think it is going to continue to make the choices of aging broader because there's so many offerings out there. Complete Senior Livestream, Complete Senior Living, the website? Livestreamliving.com. question donna how did you get into this how did i get into the industry the of industry senior? yes um quick quickly i will just tell you i was a human resources professional and our then ceo called me up and said hey i need a vice president of hr and i said i can't come to work for you because i'm scared to death of nursing homes because i had had a really when my grandfather was in a nursing home many, many years ago, um, it was not a good experience. It was very frightening to me. And he basically told me, get over yourself and come see what we have to offer. And what I found was not a scary place, but a place of life and um, meaningful life and real home and people who absolutely love and care for seniors. And it changed my attitude very quickly. And here I am 13 years later as the chief operating officer at Livestream. And winner of a recent award that I'm very proud of for you, that Arizona Leading Age Award of Honor, right? Um, 
super honored that my team nominated me for that award and that our association that is made up of a ton of really great people have awarded me with that. So I'm super honored. So thank you. Well, Lifestream is in good hands because you have such a passion and a vision for this this whole this whole end of age of um, part of life. Donna, just talk through Lifestream in general. If people are listening and want to know what you have and where to find you, just give them a little picture of what Lifestream is and what has to offer in the Valley. We have four communities here in the Valley. Our Livestream at Northeast Phoenix is located at Cave Creek in the 101. They have independent living and assisted living, but their real shining star there is that they provide beautiful memory support in um, homes that are much like we talked about on the short-term rehab. These are homes like that with 10 private rooms that um, people who require that memory support are living out their absolute best life and beautiful space, but with a really neat group of caregivers that provide that. Also coming to that community here in just a few weeks is what we call Independent Plus. It's also in one of those 7,000 square foot homes. It's for folks who can't quite live independently any longer, need some supportive services, and they want to live in community, and we call it Independent Plus at Livestream at Northeast Phoenix. We also have Livestream at Thunderbird, which is at 55th Avenue and Thunderbird Road independent living and assisted living in a beautiful apartment community that surrounds a courtyard again with fun dining and community with other people we have our live stream at sunridge which is in surprise arizona that is a skilled nursing building that also provides long-term care and so people can live there in that sweet little family environment. And finally, Livestream at Youngtown, which is home to a full continuum of care. But most importantly, today is our short-term rehab home that just opened there. And there's a special for April? We do have a special for April. We have a $4,000 move-in special that applies to our independent living. And you can use that $4,000 for move-in fees and a couple of upfront months on your rent. And um, just give a call or go to our website is probably the best place at livestreamliving.com. And tell us that you want that $4,000 move-in special. We so appreciate you joining us this morning. Um, Donna. It's been a really treat, a big treat to visit with you. And people want to find more information too. the podcast that you've created, they can find on KTAR stream. We, um, we did do a fun podcast with Jamie West from KTAR. You can find that at seniorlivingchecklist.com. And you have six more episodes planned for the year? We do. We're going to be doing some more recording with Jamie West here in the next couple of months. So additional resources as we get ahead of it, the earlier we start putting time, thought, and consideration into it, the better we will be for when that time comes, the better prepared, the easier it will be to make that transition. And you guys had talked about being taken advantage of earlier. And I know uh, an example, he's no longer with us, so I can say that, but there was a, a, a gentleman here in town that took care of his mom for years and years and years. And when she finally passed, she had left everything to him, and he spent the remaining part of his life fighting off his siblings who were all after the parents' money that they thought they were owed a portion to but was left to him because he was the only one that cared enough to bring them into their home and take care of them until the end of their life. And you know what should have been a great story, he spent the rest of his life you know, fighting off his siblings who were trying to take advantage of him. So. Plan. Plan, plan, plan. Mm. 
Well, we uh, hope y'all uh, enjoyed this entire month of universal design and took something out of it and uh, can apply it to your life and then better it some way, shape, or form. We move into April where we talk interior hard surfaces, primarily flooring and countertop and tile applications in your home, castle, or cabin. Here at Rosie on the House, have a great week. Be thankful for the God above you, those beside you, and the life before you. <laughs>